This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. There is no Gwyn and there is no Chris. There is just Matt Scraby here with you for the final hour of Gwyn and Chris on a Tuesday Chris off to call Aztecs basketball down at Viejas Arena. The Aztecs men's basketball team up in Palo Alto taking on Stanford. And uh, Tony is still on vacation. He will be back here shortly. But there was, uh, you know, some some news that came down here about the Padres right before the show that I found a little bit surprising. We'll talk about that for a second. We'll also talk about some of the players who did not take their qualifying or who did not um, accept their qualifying offers by their teams. Twelve of the 14 players uh, have rejected the one-year $19.65 million contract in favor of testing the open market. So uh, the only two players that did not or that did accept their qualifying offer Martin Perez and then Jock Peterson of the Giants there was Anthony Rizzo signed today he is getting 40 million dollars guaranteed as uh, Chris and I talked about a little bit earlier so if I think when we did our way too early lineups last week we had someone uh, submit a lineup with Anthony Rizzo in it so Anthony Rizzo is off the table. Tyler Anderson, the pitcher for the Dodgers last year, he is going to be with the Angels on a new three-year contract. We talked to Dylan Hernandez a little bit earlier about Trey Turner, and it looks like he's not going to be coming back to the Dodgers. And we're going to hear from Dylan Hernandez here in about 40 minutes or so. But uh, there are a lot of people on the move, a lot of players on the move, and the one coach that is on the move for the Padres and that would be hitting Coach Michael Burdar. According to sources, Kevin A.C. and A.J. Casvel, I guess they're really not sources at this point. It's a done deal. Michael Burdar is the new Tigers hitting coach. The Padres did let him interview with the Detroit Tigers, where he uh, is closer to home, and he has ties to the GM, Scott Harris. So the Padres are going to be looking for a new hitting coach. It will be the seventh hitting coach for A.J. Preller since 2015. And I brought this up earlier, and I'm not sure if I'm just making too much of it. Uh, it being in a room with two guys that have been around baseball most of their entire life, Tony and Chris, they they don't or Chris doesn't think it was that crazy to hear this, but I do think it's crazy that there's going to be seven hitting coaches once this next one is hired, and it's all signs are pointing to Ryan Flaherty, who's already on staff, being the next hitting coach, so he will be the seventh official hitting coach of AJ Preller's tenure. There's, I feel like there's something there. 
And I don't know what it is, and I don't know why they would be going so through so many hitting coaches, but seven hitting coaches since 2015 is just too many. It's a lot. I mean, I, I think anybody, any organization, any business out there is going to look, why are we going through so many hitting coaches? Are we hiring the wrong people? Are we... Are we expecting too much from that position? Or are we not giving them the tools that they need to succeed at the position? There's always a reason for why different... There's always a reason for, for, for things like this, like a seventh hitting coach since 2015. And I'm always a fan of looking into those reasons and trying to find those reasons and investigating a little bit because I think that this is telling me something that I need to look at. And so I don't know what the Padres uh, are going to do. And obviously they're going to be hiring Ryan Flaherty, but I don't know why it was such a, it, it was um, a trade basically without the Padres receiving anything. Michael Berdar going to the Tigers, he's hitting coach for the Padres and he's going to the Tigers as their hitting coach. So it's, 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 it's a news that I didn't think anybody expected. I don't think anybody's going to be too sad. I don't think anybody's going to be too happy. I think this move is more to me about why they're looking for another hitting coach again. And we talk about the hitting coach all the time on this, uh, on the show. And over the years, we've talked about the hitting coaches for the Padres and really hitting coaches are there to, to prepare a player and to help a player who maybe isn't able to get over the hump of something that's in their head. Maybe they're they're not hitting the fastball on the outside, or maybe you know they're not. Uh, the the swing is just a little out of whack, and the hitting coach is there to help them get back on track, help them to be able to get back to hitting. And uh, it seems like you know one thing I do like is that Ryan Flaherty is already in the house. They're not going to be welcoming in someone new, and someone comes in and changes things up. He already knows how it works. He's already a part of the organization. They already know what they're getting from him, and and maybe they're just going to a- a- end up uh, doing this with other positions where they're going to have a one coach do a couple different positions. I mean. I don't know how many things Ryan Flaherty already has to do. I'm sure he has a lot to do, and he uh, is able to handle it because he was a manager earlier this year. But Michael Berdar, no more as the hitting coach of the San Diego Padres. He uh, he was only on the staff for for this past season, so we'll we'll go forward and we'll look for um, we'll look for why. And we'll talk about why as we go forward through the offseason. Now, I told you 12 of those 14 players received qualifying offers have reject those one-year $19.65 million offers. Those players would be Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Jacob deGrom, Carlos Rodon, Brandon Nimmo, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, who has been later signed with the Yankees, so he's off, Chris Bassett, Nathan Avaldi, and then Tyler, uh, Tyler Anderson, who has already agreed to a deal with the Angels. Now let's look at some of those names on the list and see if they fit with the Padres. Uh, these are big names that are going to require a little, uh, big money. I think we all know that Aaron Judge is not going to be coming to San Diego to become a Padre. I think Trey Turner does not come to San Diego to become a Padre. Obviously, he wants to be on the, the East Coast. said that a few times. Xander Bogarts uh, from the Red Sox. He is uh, he's a great player, but I don't think he fits on the Padres right now. Dansby Swanson, the Padres already have a crowded enough infield as it is. Jacob Degrom, we've talked about it. I don't think that Jacob Degrom is a uh, uh, is a guy that the Padres are going to go after. Carlos Rodon, though, is a little interesting because he's a lefty. He's coming off of a good season in the NL West, so maybe the Padres kick the tires on him. And then Brandon Nimmo, he's probably going to go back to the Mets. Wilson Contreras, the Cubs catcher. 
Chris is all about Wilson Contreras. I don't think it's going to happen. We kind of hinted to AJ Preller last week when we were doing our interview with him, which you can find on 97.3thefanSD.com and the Gwen and Chris podcast podcast page. But I think they're pretty set at catcher, and I think that AJ Preller and the Padres really like Luis Campisano, and they uh, really like what they have in uh, Austin Nola. I, I know that Chris wants to upgrade in catcher, and I I don't know why the catcher position is something that Chris is looking to upgrade. So, so easily and quickly. Um, but that, that's what the Padres are looking at there with uh, some of the big names that are on the free agent market. So I don't think any big names are going to be coming to San Diego. And you know what? We've said this a million times and we'll say it a million more times. The name that comes to San Diego is a name that no one has talked about because no one knew they were available. Bob Melvin, he was already under contract with another team to be the manager of the A's, and they ended up getting him. You have Josh Hader. No one's even reporting that Josh Hader is on the block, and then he ends up becoming a Padre. So there are things that A.J. Preller does, and uh, it's all of the things that we talk about in the radio because he does the complete opposite. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Padres going forward. Manager of the years have been announced. Buck Showalter wins for the Mets. He is the National League Manager of the Year. And Terry Francona is the American League Manager of the Year for the Guardians. And I've seen some chatter. I've received a few tweets about why Bob Melvin was not considered as a finalist for Manager of the Year. And right off the bat, I just don't know how Buck Showalter won Manager of the Year. His team didn't even win the division they had to go to the wild card because they 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 weren't able to overtake the Braves down the stretch I think that tells you all you need to know right there I do, I'm not really sure how Buck Showalter gets manager of the year for a team that was uh, expected to do exactly what they did and they didn't play well down the down the stretch they lost out to the Braves the Braves took that uh division from the the Mets and the Mets I guess I know that playoffs don't really count, but I'm not sure why Buck Showalter was so much better than a guy like Brian Snicker who beat him out. Brian Snicker beat Buck Showalter's team out for the division title. And then you had Dave Roberts as well, and he did not win um, manager of the year, obviously. 111 wins for the Dodgers. I think I, I thought it was going to go to Brian Snicker because of how his team played down in these the August and September months and how the Mets played. I just didn't think that those two months at the end of the season were good enough to get Buck Showalter the win. But what do I know? I'm proving to myself over and over and over and over I don't know much because Buck Showalter is the National League Manager of the Year. Other big news to today, I guess not big news, but we talked about the Monday night football game last night. The Eagles, the only undefeated team in football as of last night, lost to the Commanders, and the Commanders were able to uh, get the upset. They were 11-point underdogs in the game. And uh, it was a fun game. I think Terry McLaurin was finally doing something on offense. It seems like the commanders like playing for Taylor Heineke. I almost call him Tyler Heineke. It seems like they like playing for Taylor Heineke a lot more than they like playing for Carson Wentz. And Chris said earlier that Ron Rivera is thinking about bringing Carson Wentz back to the starting, uh, starting pitching, starting quarterback role for that team. And I don't think he can do that until Taylor Heineke loses a few games in a row. I think that Carson Wentz has to stay on the bench. And um, it was it was one of those games where you just kind of felt like the Eagles were going to do something crazy at the end to win it because the, the time of possession in this game between the Commanders and the Eagles 
was heavy on the commander's side. It was to the point one time where I saw a, a stat on the screen where the uh, commanders had 32 minutes of possession to the Eagles' eight, which I don't know that I've really, really ever seen before. But that's how you beat a team is just milk that clock get as many runs as you can. And they were doing a really good job of picking up three, four yards a a carry against the Eagles. So it looks like the Eagles have somewhat of a, an Achilles heel, which would be the run. They cannot stop the run the last couple weeks. They've had a lot of trouble stopping the run and the commanders showed them why it was so much trouble stopping the run. Uh, Brian Robinson, he rushed for 83 yards and that is a guy that I wouldn't think that the Eagles would give up 83 yards to, especially after all he went through in the offseason. But uh, the Eagles did, and they ended up losing 32-21. I'm trying to find the time of possession. Uh, everything is so – I had it earlier, and uh, everything gets so crazy on some of these websites. Here it is, 40 minutes and 24-second time of possession for the Commanders in a 19-minute and 36 time of possession for the Eagles. It's just not going to be easy to win a game when you only have the ball for 19 minutes and 36 seconds. That is incredible. A 40-minute time of possession for the Commanders. That they did. That was probably their game plan, and they did everything to perfection to beat the Eagles last night. So the 72 Dolphins can celebrate once again, they can celebrate that they are the only undefeated team in NFL history, and we saw Larry Zonka doing it last night, and we can stop talking about the undefeated Eagles now because they have lost their first game. A.J. Brown, I think uh, we should all kind of look out for because he was limping last night, and they think it's a it's an uh, ankle injury or a knee injury. It's a leg injury, and they're not sure about his availability going forward. He only had one catch last night for seven yards and he has been incredible this year Jalen Hurts has been incredible this year but you know the one catch for seven yard performance impacted one of us that's usually in this room Tony Quinn Jr. he has him in our Odyssey Fantasy Football League and he lost by one point because A.J. Brown only had one catch for seven yards not good not good that is a terrible fantasy football break for Tony but Chris has had some pretty terrible fantasy football breaks this year I gotta say we were talking about it before the show I don't know that I would be able to handle as many losses as Chris had by one point this season I believe he said three times in our league he's lost by one or fewer points and that's just depressing and I don't want anything to do with it so I'm gonna stay as far away from Chris's teams as I possibly can the Dolphins the Rockies I don't want them I don't want them at all. All right. We are, I'm actually going to welcome Chris back into the show. We uh, talked before the show about some of our fantasy football matchups. Also, Gwen and Chris NFL pick them. So when we get back, you will find out all of that good stuff about the Odyssey Fantasy Football League. And then later, we're going to talk to Dylan Hernandez of the Los Angeles Times at 540. Talk about what the Dodgers are going to do to keep up with the Padres. Yes, you heard me. Keep up with the Padres. So all of that is still to come on 97.3 The Fan. But first, here is your traffic report. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Scraby in for Gwyn and Chris right now. I'm hosting the final hour of the show, but I did steal Chris earlier for a little bit of conversation about our fantasy football league. Also about my brilliant Gwyn and Chris NFL pick'em upset pick. So, Chris, let's start with the fantasy football. How are you feeling, big guy? Uh, in one word? Yeah. Terrible. I know. Terrible. I mean, look, the entire league is 6-4 and four or 5-5. Five and five. And then there's one lonely team sitting at three and seven, and that would be my club. So I have the worst record in the league. I'm feeling terrible about it. I continue to, you know, it, it's it, it's a luck game, and I'm not getting any this year. I I suffered a one point loss to the coach John Contera. It's my third loss this year by two or fewer points. So you know, I'm pulling my hair out. What I have left, <laughs> I I. I can't. I can't even complain about my team because I'm five and five. And yeah, you're still right in the middle of the hunt, even I though am, you lost. Even so. though my team should be better than that, but Chris has lost some pretty pretty tough ones this year. Three and seven is not not easy to handle whatsoever. Now, our guy John Flint, he has lost. Uh, he actually won. He got off the Schneid. He had lost like seven in a row. Uh, or six in a row. He lost six in a row. Yeah, now he's four and six. Yeah, uh, everybody's got a better record than I do. So, if we had one of those Scraby Socks awards to give away for last place, what? <laughs> that's what I would call it—the Scraby Sock. I, I don't think anyone wants to call for, it that for the for last place. Anyone wants to call it that? Right now, I would be in possession of that award. But uh, you know me, Scraby. I got four games left. I really have very little chance to get into the playoffs. I think even if I go seven and seven, I would need a. A bunch of tiebreakers to go in my advantage, but I will still play it out and uh, see if I can't get this somehow turned around. It's been I, would, a, I would hope that you can muster up the strength to set your lineup each week. Yes, that's all you have to do is set a lineup. But I mean, unfortunately, every week I go to set my lineup, it's the same lousy running backs that I have, and I, I just don't have any starting running backs in my lineup. I mean, DeAndre Swift was supposed to be a star this year. He's become a a second string goal line guy who gets maybe one or two carries a game now yeah. and Isaiah Pacheco I think might one day be a good running back but he's really not the focal point for the Kansas City Chiefs and uh you know I mean I lost Rashad Penny I've lost J.K. Dobbins and I'm sure there's others out there in my 
in my same position, but I, I felt like I was strong this season at running back, and it turned out I wasn't. So uh, three and seven, but again, when you lose three games by two points, you think, my goodness, if I could have just had a you know one fumble here or, yeah. or one field goal there, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I could be five and five or six and four. I'd be right with you and Tony and yeah. still alive. I want to talk about your wife Lori's team real quick because her team came out of nowhere to like resurge. She has Justin Fields as her quarterback. That's number one. Why yes, and she that. has me to thank for that. She, she, yeah, Chris uh, suggested that you, I suggested you pick she her pick up. up Justin Fields yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and she has scored forty plus points with him. I think two or three weeks in a row. You know, that's one of my one of my predicaments in this league. Is you know, I I, I want my wife to do well. She obviously doesn't follow sports as closely as I do. So she comes to me for advice every week on setting her lineup. And, you know, I feel like I'm giving her advice that helps her win, but none of that advice helps me win. So, you know, obviously picking up Justin Fields has turned her season around. However, she, has a, she has a fighting chance now. However, she's losing two big players. Cooper Cup has been placed on IR. He's having ankle surgery. IR as in the four-week IR. So his season's not over, but it's probably He's over. pretty much done, yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz also, they're thinking, he's seeking a second opinion, but yeah. they're thinking that his knee is yeah. going to be season-ending as well. And so. so she'll be like, well, can you pick up a tight end for me? And I'm like, no, you pick up your own tight end. I, I, I'm struggling enough. She's but, got uh, Dalton Schultz on the bench. She'll be fine, which you traded her Dalton Schultz. And Dalton many Schultz moons got ago. Some, yeah. He got some uh, play recently. Now, my team, I lost. I only scored 92 points this week. I had a little bit of issues with the the whole uh, bye week thing. Yeah. And I just got to say, Patrick Mahomes is really good. Yeah, he, he's, he's been, been carrying He's me. been remarkable this year. He's probably going to be the league MVP. I don't know if he's a fantasy football MVP, but, you know, he consistently puts up 25 or 30 points. Uh, you beat me a couple of weeks ago thanks to his Sunday night performance against Tennessee, one of my many frustrating losses. So, uh, you know, I watched A.J. Brown last night, and uh, here's a guy that gets one catch for seven yards, but when he plays me, he gets three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, that stinks. And that's the story of my season. So, you know, I can I, – I, look, I'm not alone. I, I know there are others out there in the fantasy universe that are three and seven or maybe even worse than that, and those are the reasons why it happens, so you just keep on playing. Now, t- you, you said Tony lost as well. I'm trying to find his Well, matchup. he lost because he has A.J. Brown. Oh, and- oh man, he lost by 2.2. Lost by two points to the defending champion, my godson Connor, who's uh, who had a nice night with Jalen Hurts, but didn't think he was going to score enough to catch up to Tony. But when Tony gets AJ Brown having a nothing night like wow, that, that is brutal. Then uh, that's what happens. I see Connor wins championships because he wins games by two points. I finish in last because yeah, I lose the, games by the, two points. Because the most frustrating part about that is you have no control over this whatsoever. None. 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 You it's just all, all you can. Well, you'd like to feel like you have a little control if you can put a you know if you put a great lineup out there every week. You figure the thing you know the 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 stats are going to eventually go in your favor. And if you put up a lousy lineup like I do every week, <laughs> you know you you figure on on probably losing. So now let's move it to the Gwen and Chris NFL pick'em. I picked the Commanders to beat the Eagles. It was a 
11 points. Now, where does everything stand? Well, Tony needed your help uh, this week. He was on vacation, so uh, or late last week and into this week. And I had opened up a 24-point lead in our Pick'em, which is a you know pretty sizable advantage. It is a re- that's like three weeks' worth right, right. there. And, and I got way out in front because I had the 12-point game a couple of weeks ago on the Jets upsetting Buffalo. That was my upset pick. But you did the right thing in our Pick'em this week. You took the Commanders, went for the 11 points. Just took a flyer. Took a flyer on the uh, on the WFT, and they came through last night. So all of a sudden now the score is 80-66, to 66, and it's only a 14-point spread. It's much closer now thanks to your... Uh, your help and uh, is Tony going to accept it though? I kind of feel like Tony's not going to accept. He's the kind of guy that may not want to accept it, but I'm going to try to talk him into accepting it because to I, keep the game alive. Well, that and I think also had he done the picks last week and been here and and not traveling, I think he would have picked the Commanders too because the the game set up for 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 him to make that upset pick. So I think he would have done the same thing you did, and therefore I think he would have gotten the 11 points. So uh, hopefully he'll accept that. We'll go back to our pick him on Thursday, but uh, my lead has shrunk. Be rejoining us on Thursday. Well, not, he he won't rejoin us on the show, but hopefully he'll rejoin us for the pick him with the text. Yes, yes, he's got to get back in the pick him game. He's he's back in contention now. So we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, you know we have a lot of fun. Every year with our fantasy football league, we have a lot of fun with our NFL pick'em. And in one area, I'm really bad, and in one, I'm pretty good. So, <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's kind of sums it up, I think. That Scraby. is great. All right, well, that is it for our fantasy football Gwen and Chris pick'em update. We talked to Dylan Hernandez a little bit earlier. Talk about the Dodgers getting Clayton Kershaw back, losing Tyler Anderson. So we'll have that for you when we get back here on 97.3 The Fan. Previously on the John Cantera Show. Matt Scraby back with you here in the Odyssey Palace on 97.3 The Fan, filling in for Gwyn and Chris. And uh, there was a lot of baseball news that came down today, mainly because teams had to uh, make preparations for the Rule 5 draft. Now, this is complicated. I'm not going to lie about this. It's very complicated. The 40-man roster Rule 5 draft is something that has taken me about four years to even begin to understand, but I'm going to read you from an MLB.com article about what the Rule 5 draft is, and then I'm going to tell you about the players the Padres saved from the Rule 5 draft. Here is what it says on MLB.com. Players first signed age 18 or younger must be added to the 40-man rosters within five seasons or they become eligible to be drafted by other organizations through the Rule 5 process. Players signed at 19 years or older have to be protected within four season club four seasons. Clubs pay $100,000 to select a player in the major league phase of the Rule 5 draft. If that player doesn't stay on the 25-man roster for the full season, he must be offered back to his former team for $50,000. So that is kind of complicated. Again, if you're 18 or younger, you have to be added to the 40-man roster within five seasons. Players 19 years or older have to be protected within four seasons, and the clubs pay $100,000 to uh, select a player in the Rule Five Draft. And if they have, if they don't make the, if the that player, I told you it was complicated. If that player doesn't stay on the 25-man roster for the full season, he must be offered back to his former team for $50,000. So there is. An abridged explanation by someone who is still trying to understand it. But basically, I think what's going on here is they don't want 
teams to be to be signing players that are young who have potential and just sign all the players and just keep them inside their system forever and never allow another team to get access to it. I think that's what's going on here. So that's why if you sign someone 18 or younger, you have five years to put them on the 40-man roster so that another team has a chance at them. And I think that's what they're trying to to keep uh, at bay. But here are the players that the San Diego Padres saved. Corey Howell, Jairo Iarte, Noel Vela, Tirso Ornelas, Norwillian Cedeno, Brandon Valenzuela, Moises Lugo, Matthew Waldron. Those are the guys that are not going to be up in up for grabs here in the Rule 5 draft. There are actually 15 players on the MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospects list that need to be pr- protected, or they could become exposed to the Rule 5 draft, and none of them were Padres. So we don't have to worry about anything like that. But it, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's it's confusing, as I said. I'm still reading uh, about some of this, and the Padres, uh, some of these teams are going to try. I'm not even going to try to explain that. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try to explain that because it is very complicated. All the contract stuff in baseball is very complicated, but all you need to know is that the Padres are on top of it, and they are going to um, try and build their team through the Rule 5 draft. I, I don't know much else about the rule five draft and i'm just going to leave it right there and then we'll ask tony when he gets back next week that's exactly what we're going to do we're going to ask tony about the rule five draft next week all right well i was trying to confuse you there for the last uh, three or four minutes or so i was waiting for traffic to come in so the traffic report is here and then on the other side dylan hernandez has some really good stuff to say about how the dodgers are approaching this offseason including are they going to sign Aaron Judge, or are they just going to promote from within? We'll get all of that from Dylan after traffic. 87.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I am doing okay, actually. I got back from a parent-teacher conference, and uh, my kid is not a troublemaker, I guess. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> Good. Good. Is that what, did they call you in specifically to discuss whether or not your, no, your kid was a troublemaker, or was this just a scheduled no, no, event? It's, uh, yeah, it's a scheduled event. You know, it's just that last year he was sitting next to his best friend, and they were evidently causing a rocket buck in the back of the classroom. <laughs> uh, this year it sounds like he's like a good kid and everything so he's uh, on the straight and narrow that. that's good to hear there we go yeah well dylan the uh the padres finally got the best of the dodgers if only for a week but uh what has that done 
to the Dodgers, the organization, the fans up in L.A.? How has everybody responded over the last month and a half since it all went down here? Yeah, I think the fans have taken it really hard. You know, I think the organization, um, you know, they kind of, well, this is kind of the way they've always done things. And, you know, they like to talk about variance in the playoffs and stuff like that and the role luck plays. And, you know, so from their perspective, it's like, hey, we had a great season. What are you guys kind of complaining about? And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Andrew Friedman, I think about a week after, you know, they, they got knocked out, had a news conference and, I don't think that played great up here, you know, because his thing was basically like, hey, look, we did a great job, whatever. It just didn't go our way, you know, and that's not what people up here want to hear, you know, and fair or not, right, and this is a different sport, and I do think comparing them, you know, to a basketball team, you know, is unfair, especially a basketball team that had, you know, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, but, you know, that's where kind of is the, you know, that's kind of the basis of L.A. sports culture right now are those Lakers games and, you know, winning every year. Uh, you know, kind of is an expectation, right? And here, uh, you almost have the opposite of that, where the team hasn't won at all, right? Except, you know, the one championship in a COVID season. And I think, you know, um, you know, at the time when they won that COVID championship, I think it was kind of viewed as like, hey, look, everybody's playing under the same rules, whatever. This is a, that, that's a real world series. But, you know, as time's gone on and they've been, you know, they've failed to kind of repeat that in a, you know, under regular circumstances. I think there are some questions now, you know, well, was that a real championship? Now, I think what's happened since has actually kind of taken away from that championship. And, you know, because a lot of it, too, was how they lost, right? They lost because, you know, um, they're kind of doing these different things that kind of break from the traditional norms of what people think of Dodger baseball, you know, which is really, you know, based around great starting pitching, right? And now, you know, the starter goes five innings and you're going to ask, you know, a parade of relievers to come in and, and the fact that that strategy specifically backfired in that series, I think, has, uh, you know, put a microscope a bit or maybe, you know, uh, he, heated up kind of the environment a little bit, you know, for, uh, you know, Andrew Friedman in the front office. Dylan Hernandez on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline right now, joining us here on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Trey Turner because I know that he has been vocal that he does not like the West Coast. And and he actually had a really, really terrible series for the Dodgers against the Padres in the NLDS. So maybe he's leaving on kind of a sour note. But was there any sort of sense that Trey Turner was not happy playing with the Dodgers this year? Or am I just making that up? Uh, I don't know if he was necessarily unhappy. Uh, you know, from what I understand, you know, there's also some like family considerations and stuff. And just kind of sounds like, you know, as a family, they would kind of prefer to be back east. I'm not really sure, you know, how dead set in stone that is necessarily. Uh, you know, guys run cold. Now, with, with Turner, there is kind of this issue that this is, this, there's a history of this now, right? This wasn't just isolated, uh, you know, to this series. If you look back at his entire career, uh, he generally has not hit in October. So that is kind of a problem, especially for a team that expects to be there in October every year. Uh, you know, so this could actually wind up being, you know, one of these clean breaks in a way that, you know, sure, you know, in a vacuum, would you want the guy back? Of course. Right. But now, you know, at the same time, um, you know, one thing that was very striking about Andrew Friedman's, you know, again, his, his, uh, you know, postseason news conference was, you know, he, how much he kind of talked up the young talent in the organization, right. The guys that were in the minor leagues and, you know, he never flat out said like, Hey, we're going to, you know, reset our luxury tax thing. Uh, this this winter but that was kind of the feeling that I came out of that with right because whenever you're kind of talking about you know hey we're going to address this you know we have all this talent in house we need to give these guys a chance uh, that doesn't really sound like hey we're going to go out and spend a ton of money in free agency right and 
you know, this could be one of those years. And they had one of these years, uh, you know, three, four years ago where, again, they, they made sure to get under the luxury tax threshold. So, you know, in two, three years down the line, uh, you know, they could sign Freddie Freeman without getting maybe taxed uh, as much as a, you know, multiple, multiple uh, time luxury tax offender. So it is possible, Dylan, that the, the Dodgers would lose Trey Turner and not replace him with another superstar. I mean, because I think the Padre fans, we just assume that, so what if they lose Trey Turner? They'll just get the next huge superstar, and they'll bring Carlos Correa in, or they'll ante up for Aaron Judge, or they'll do something like that. You're saying it's possible the Dodgers don't do something like that this offseason? Yeah, and personally, you know, and again, I'm, I might be in the minority here, but my opinion is that, again, they're, they're probably not going to do anything, right? Huge. Um, you know, maybe they make a trade, maybe – you know, again, if, if Trey Turner leaves, you know, and they non-tender Cody Bellinger on Friday, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Anderson, right, to sign with the Angels, um, you know, so kind of if you kind of combine all that, I guess, you know, there's theoretically room, uh, you know, to go out and sign, you know, right, maybe not Aaron Judge, but, you know, as a relatively high caliber player, maybe trade for one. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think right now, you know, the plan is going to be to just move Gavin Lux over from second base to shortstop. Um, you know, one thing I do wonder, again, it's just with all the, you know, some of the rule changes to the shift ban specifically, uh, you know, the one thing you do have to kind of give credit to the Dodgers and the front office is how they position their players, right? Um, you know, you look at all of their starting pitchers uh, really kind of outperform their, their FIP, right? The fielding independent pitching, you know, the stat, right? Which is kind of to project what the guy's ERA would be, you know, without kind of taking defense into account. Um, you know, and all their all their pitchers outperformed their FIP. And I think that's a reason for that is because of how effective they've been with the shift. You know, so, you know, now with the shift ban, you know, I think, right, they, they took, uh, you know, Corey Seager, you know, who was probably a below average shortstop and made him a usable shortstop. And Trey Turner, uh, you know, was by no means, uh, you know, considered a gold glove type guy. Uh, you know, they made him a usable shortstop. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that that's going to necessarily work with Gavin Lux. Uh, without the shift, obviously, if they're going to go in that direction, my guess is that they do have some in-house analytics that point to them saying, okay, that, you know, they can make him usable or that he, you know, that he won't be that bad. But uh, I do, that to me is going to be something really interesting kind of going forward from here is, uh, you know, just how much is, they're going to be affected, be affected defensively by these rule changes. Uh, we're talking to Dylan Hernandez, Los Angeles Times here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Dave Roberts is up for Manager of the Year Award for the National League. They're going to announce that here uh, sometime in the on MLB Network. They usually like to take the full two hours and announce it in the last five minutes. But what I wanted to ask you, I asked the guys a couple weeks ago, is what when does a team, a successful team, who's on a run of successful years, part with a successful manager? And I'm talking about Dave Roberts. Is Is this in the cards in the next two three years for the Dodgers to try to seek some other voice or what what's going on with that yeah you know I, I one thing that I found uh, really interesting actually was you know how uh, in Friedman's news conference uh, he really stepped up and really went to bat for Dave Roberts um, you know whereas in the past maybe it would have been a little bit more of a kind of passive yeah he's doing a fine job that type of Right. I mean, this time it felt like he really went to kind of bad for him. And that kind of tells you that they're they're pretty aligned there. You know, I don't think, um, you know, from my understanding, you know, Roberts is very much liked by the owners, um, you know. But again, like if it, if this continues, um, you know, where they can't get the job done in October, 
um, you know, I could, I guess, see them at that point, maybe kind of like, okay, well, this has kind of gone long, you know, I, I think, and I'm sorry, just kind of backtracking here. This probably what's going to be, what, what would affect them if, is attendance, the annual attendance, right? Uh-huh. Right now they're drawing, you know, close to 4 million fans a year. They make the playoffs every year. I think they like kind of where this is. Obviously they would like to have another world series or two, but what's important is that they are kind of competitive every year and that they're this consistent organization. Right. And so, you know, so far they they've done that. I mean, they've made the playoffs every year. They've got not only just made the playoffs, but they've gone into the playoffs as a favorite every year. Now, you know, at some point, like kind of like you said, that becomes a negative, right? Because the the narrative has gone from now, like, Hey, we have the best organization in base. We might not have a championship, but we're the best organization <laughs> in baseball too. We can't get the job done on October. Right. And that, you know, right now they're, they're kind of at this fork in the road, I think, where the narrative could kind of switch lanes here and, and turn into something a little bit more negative. So yeah, for sure. I do think in the next year or two, uh, you know, that if they don't win, you know, this, this will be a conversation that we could be having again next October or the October after. Dylan Hernandez covers not only the Dodgers, but all sports in Los Angeles for the LA times. And I do want to ask you about the Lake show. We don't have Tony Gwynn jr. Here today to moan and groan about how bad they're doing, (laughs) but uh, three and 10, I know they're coming off a win Dylan, but uh, this team looks like it's uh, it's bad, and it doesn't look like there's really any sign that it's going to get a whole lot better. What is the thing about the Lakers at this point, 13 games into this season? Yeah, it's just dread. It's just it's just painful right now, you know. And I think, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, just a few games into the season, you saw Anthony Davis grabbing his back already. You know, I think it was like maybe six games in. Yeah, and you're saying like, man, you're six games in, and you know, because he's the one guy they really need. Right? There's no way. They, you know, they might be able to win without Russell Westbrook. You know, obviously you need you do need LeBron, but like you know, if, if Davis isn't healthy, they have no chance. And the fact that he was grabbing his back six games into it kind of already was kind of the story of the season. Obviously, LeBron's already down right now. Uh, you know, Westbrook, despite you know things having kind of you know the fans are actually kind of on his side at this point. Um, you know, and he's he has provided a spark off the bench. Um, you know, the other day they're playing Sacramento, I believe it was on Friday. And, you know, he was just a hole on defense during the last, like, two, three minutes. I mean, he cost them that game, you know. So kind of these good feelings, you know, whatever good feeling there was about that is kind of evaporated. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the win that they were coming off. I mean, that's against the other train wreck in the league, right? They played Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now I think there was a feeling of, like, okay, it was just a matter of time, you know, of when they were going to pull off the trade, right, to add the reinforcements. Um, I think now it's looking so bad where you start thinking, okay, maybe, you know, because I think they didn't want to trade both first-round picks that they have, right? So maybe, you know, they were going to wait and hope that the price came down and maybe they could make a deal for only, you know, that would only cost them one draft pick. I think now things are bad enough to a point where, you know, if you're a management, you have to seriously consider not making a move at all because, I mean, why why even bother, right? And so that's kind of where you're at with this team right now, I think. You know, the thing that, that gets me, Dylan, we got a couple minutes left, and uh, I love talking uh, L.A. stuff with you, but, you know, LeBron and Davis and Westbrook, that's one thing. I just can't believe the, the supporting cast they have. I mean, Troy Brown, a cast-off from Chicago, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Patrick Beverly's a you know, nice playoff defensive performer, but doesn't give you a whole lot during the season. How did it become, you know, Lonnie Walker the fourth? they're counting on this guy? I mean, how did they get so weak surrounding their superstars? 
Yeah, they well, they traded away all their draft picks, and then they tied up all their money in three guys, right? Yeah. And so they just can't. They there's not much maneuverability there, and you can't. You know, we're at a point now where they're celebrating, you know, having gotten a guy like Austin Reeves, right? Who again, who's a nice yeah. guy to have off the bench, right? There's nothing wrong with the guy. I'm not trying to bash the guy here, but you know, if that's like something that you're looking, you're pointing to, like is a real positive. Uh, it just kind of tells you where this team is right now, you know. And again, it's just they just kind of they don't have the depth. The NBA right now, you need depth, you need shooters, and they don't have either. No, they don't. They're still shooting thirty percent from three point. LeBron is down to twenty four percent. Anthony Davis is twenty five percent from the arc. Dylan, always a great pleasure talking to you. I hope you have a very happy holiday season. I hope your son uh, continues to behave himself in <laughs> yes. school, and you get nothing but good reports on your uh, PTA conferences. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, somebody in the family's got to behave, so might as well be here. <laughs> He's not learning from you right now. That's good to know. Definitely not. No, take it after my wife for sure. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the holidays. Same to you guys. Thank you. Yes, great having Dylan Hernandez on. It always is. He uh, works for the Los Angeles Times. Hear him on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet find new road and that will be it for the show today appreciate uh, dylan hernandez joining us today dylan is always very honest no matter what it means for the teams that he covers and i think that's why he's so good and i think that's why a lot of the la fans are not always seeing eye to eye with uh, with dylan is because he is okay with giving his opinion and i like that about him So tomorrow we're going to have Greg Camarillo on the show. We're going to talk a little NFL. We're going to see what happens in the world of baseball awards. And maybe, possibly, sort of, kind of, I will try and understand this Rule 5 thing a little bit better. But I apologize for trying to break that down earlier. Next time I will have Tony here when I talk about it. And he will be back next week. Chris will be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow as well. So everybody have a good night. Go Aztecs, and we will talk to you tomorrow on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 